Welcome into the Full Tilt Devi podcast on, for right now, the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Network. If you tuned into our show last night, you will know that there are extremely exciting things coming to our flagship show. The Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast is now going to be found on fantasy points for all of our live content make sure you go and check that out that's starting next week it will be called dynasty points goes full tilt we are all extremely excited about it and if you missed our farewell show at least to the way that we're currently calling it uh we did that last night it was a whole awful lot of fun and uh feel free to go check it out but we're talking Debbie content today. And today we are doing our first. Actually, this isn't our first, but this is our mid-season 2024 rookie mock. If you can go back in time and watch our original one, I think that was way back in maybe July is whenever we did that. It was a it was a long time ago, but make sure you go check out that show and see where our opinions have shifted course not doing it alone as always we have john errington at dynasty coach a on x and andy star at a star ff the man who i stole my twitter handle from so thank you very much how are you all doing tonight very uh, good i'm excited to to mock here and i was thinking back to the the last last year around this time when we did it and uh just how crazy everything was you know i think we brought up zay flowers in like the early second and that was before people even cared or knew who zay flowers was we, uh we probably had like kendra miller and zach evans way too high <laughs> but uh you know it's just a, an important time of year to start making some kind of determination of how you feel about these guys. And, uh, you know, I was saying to Andy before we, before we jumped on here for the, for the, uh Oh, we lost our, uh, our video, <laughs> but I, I think I'm still here. Right, um, here we go. Sorry. Um, I'm doing something in the background. You all keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> so, uh, I was, I was telling these guys before, you know, we jumped on, I'm like, man, I'm kind of starting to feel not great about the 2024 class. And I tend to be, more of a uh more of an optimist when it comes to these players and yet i don't really love the 24 class right now so we'll see if that plays out in this draft we'll see if it you know continues on that way uh you know by the time we actually get there but i don't love it right now andy some initial thoughts going in um well i will just touch on what john said about what we said last year i think we were a little bit ahead of the curve in fading zach evans a little bit not not that we took him at a, I mean, we still took him in the second round, but most people had him in the top five or six at that point in time. Um, and then Kendra Miller, I think, you know, we were ahead of the curve a little bit too. You know, we took him a little bit higher and he ended up being a late first round pick, but I know that hasn't really panned out as far as the season has gone so far. Uh, but I definitely do agree that this class is leaving a lot to be desired, especially when it comes to like elite talent, whereas last year we kind of had like the Bijan Robinson and um, you know, some people will say Anthony Richardson. I was more of a, a K, uh, CJ Stroud and Bryce young guy, you know, guys that we really felt confident projecting forward into the NFL here. You know, we've got Caleb Williams, which everyone seems to be very excited about, uh, you know, tanking for Caleb seems to be the thing to do right now. But beyond that, I mean, there's really not a guy that, I, well, 
there's Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that, and, and I feel, I don't want to like blow our first two picks or anything, our first three picks, um, but especially the running backs, I feel like there's not a guy that you really can feel confident about being an NFL guy 100%. Now, that's not saying that there's going to be guys that aren't NFL guys, because I think that, that we'll see a lot of these guys that go in the mid-second end up being pr- producers in the NFL, but it's just going to be, you know, ide- identifying which who who is that guy out of this group. Yeah, definitely agree. I was trying to go back in time and see what uh, our draft looked like at this time last year in comparison with how most rookie drafts were going this offseason. Uh, sorry, my cat is also jumping up here. But we did not set a draft order before we came on the show. So those of you who are listening to the podcast version of this, uh, I know you can't see what's happening, but we're doing a hundred yard dash to determine who is picking first, second, and third. And then we will just go standard through there. No snake or anything crazy like that. So going to quickly do this and uh, we'll see who's picking first. Uh, I already did a test run of this and it was a little slow. So I tried to speed it up. Uh, <laughs> okay. This is a little bit better, but you know, just a nice and we're off. fun way. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, it's, it's pretty even right now for those of you not watching. Oh, John took ooh. the lead. I took the lead. Oh, I think I, <laughs> I got it. Oh, it's, Oh no, John! Uh, no. Yes! <laughs> you love to see it. Oh, oh man. That burst Dang. big time run rate Dang. out the ass. <laughs> I pulled a hammy at the 50 yard line or something. It was, it, it got pretty brutal there, but Andy oh. did. Andy had to stop and tie his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. All right. Getting back to the way the show normally looks. Uh, uh, uh. Maybe, there we go. Maybe. There we go. There we go. I got figured out. Uh, it's not my first day here or anything, but it, it actually isn't. So that's a little sad. But we'll go ahead and get this thing started with the 101, Mr. John Arrington. Who do you choose? Who could it be? You know, it, it's, the, it's the easiest thing in the world. It's tank for Caleb, tank for Caleb, tank. Marvin Harrison Jr. is my pick. I'm taking MHJ. I picked MHJ as my 101 earlier what would you say like june or whenever it was that we did our early on i picked him then as my 101 he's still my 101 caleb williams is a very good qb he is not a generational qb he is not the truth or anything like that he's a very good qb marvin harrison jr is a generational wide receiver and i am taking him at 101 i will also say this is a super flex draft and even with that, Marvin Harrison Jr. is your 101. That was spicy. Absolutely. Oh, all right. I uh, don't really know what to do from here. The rest of the show is wrecked because my whole plan's already out the window because I'm too I'm too shocked. But unlike in draft day, I'm not going to let the best quarterback in the draft fall uh, to a place where John could potentially pick him later on. 102 is going to be Caleb Williams. Uh, just keeping it very simple here. He's He looks like the best quarterback in this class. Definitely has the most tools out of any quarterback in this class. And I know how much you love Drake May, John. I get it. But I'm not going to try to get too fancy, too clever here. 102, Caleb Williams. We'll just keep this thing going. 
the one spot I didn't want to be is 103 because I knew that those guys were going to go first and second. And I really don't have a strong um, opinion or affiliation with Drake May. Uh, I know that he's probably going to be drafted very high. I know that he's done really well. And the biggest issue for me for not taking anybody else here is that I really just don't have anyone that I feel very confident enough that they're, they're going to be, you know, as, they're going to be as valuable as a starting quarterback in this league, I'll say. So I think if Drake may, assuming he, he is going to continue on this path and he, he's having a good season, it's not like this stellar season that he started out with last year, but he still has nine yards per attempt. He still has an adjusted completion percentage of eight, over 80%. Uh, the touchdowns are down, but he still has that rushing floor as well. So I am going to take Drake May and just bet on the opportunity that he's going to eventually get and hope that he lands in a decent spot um, and hopefully, you know, is a starting quarterback for the better part of a decade. And then I'll be happy with the pick. Yeah. Do you remember a few weeks ago when, when you asked me if like we should be concerned about Drake may, like that was a thing that people were saying, like, we got to be concerned about Drake may. And then look where we are now. Oh, no, no, I'm not blaming you. (laughs) I'm saying, I'm not blaming you. I'm saying that like, it was a question. It was a real question that people were asking and it was just kind of ridiculous at the time. It's ridiculous now. Um, but do you, what was do we remember what the touchdown total was for Drake made that that I said smash the over I was it 25 20, I think it was 27 and a half we, it was we 27 tape but, okay um, I thought it was I 25 have, have but maybe numbers. I'm wrong okay because he's, he's at, at 12, 12 right, right now. now yeah he's at 12 and right now I feel like we can easily get now that we have Devontae's Walker back or there, I shouldn't even say back, but now that we have Devontae's Walker there, I think we can easily get to the 27 and a half. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's in the ACC, right? So it's not like a murderer's row or anything. They get Virginia this weekend, Georgia Tech, Campbell, whatever that is. Yeah, it's possible. (laughs) Clemson later on might be tricky. Duke might be tricky. Yeah, I think he could do it. Uh, I mean, but you know, you sure, figure four, I'm pretty sure he needs to get four sure games. Get he'll be at four, four game. I mean, he'll be at like what oh, 36, yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's no, easy. no biggie. <laughs> I, I will say Drake may feels a lot like drafting Tua whenever he came out. If you missed out on Joe Burrow, that sucked. But Tua was still an excellent prospect coming out. I mean, he had his own concerns, but they were mainly injury, and he was falling throughout the first round i think drake may potentially could start to fall especially if some of these other wide receivers in the class put up just gaudy combine numbers he could end up being a real value uh later on whenever we get to the actual rookie drafts uh but try to move this along 104 john back on the clock Back on the clock, and I'll tell you what, you know, like I said, I'm not overly excited about this draft class because I feel like we've already dropped the tier. We, you know, we're not to say that there's no exciting prospects or anything here because that's definitely not the case. Um, but it's just like there was a very clear tier of three for me, and now we get into some question marks like, do I want to pivot to my RB1? 
probably not yet do you know there's there's definitely no other qbs that i'm like truly feeling like i need to take right now and so i feel like i'm gonna uh, go over to the wide receivers and i'm just gonna do it it's been Emeka Buka this entire time, but I'm going to go ahead and take my boy Malik Neighbors here at 104. I just think that, uh, and actually I just got done doing the Debbie devotional with Dirty Mike, uh, you know, from C to C and we were just talking about Malik Neighbors and he was saying how he, he doesn't know that if he's actually like special at anything. And I kind of feel the same way. I don't know that he's like a truly special player, but man, is he just damn good at like everything getting open, you know, route running hands scoring. He's, you know, maybe he's not like an Uber athlete, but he's definitely good enough of an athlete. And it's just one of those players where he's probably just going to be a solid player for ever. And so I'm taking Malik Neighbors here. I like the pick, honestly. I think he's had a better season. He's had a solid two years now uh, with LSU. And, you know, there were some issues. I won't say issues, but there were some questions about Jaden Daniels' ability to uh, sustain a passing offense. And I think Malik Neighbors is a big part of why that's been a – he's been able to do that. So, And he basically turned Kayshawn Boutte into an afterthought you know, when he was the consensus wide receiver one in Debbie for the better part of two years. So I, I don't hate the pick at all. Honestly, if I was there at one Oh four and the, the, these three went off the board, I'd probably take Malik neighbors as well. So that does leave me in a very interesting situation at one Oh five where there's a lot of really good players left, but an undervalued position has a very clear cut number one overall player. Uh, and that's Brock Bowers at tight end. He is very clearly the top tight end in this class. I don't think he is the type of prospect that Kyle Pitts was coming out. But if, between him and Mika Buka and potentially Travion Henderson, I feel the best about knowing that I'm getting the elite player at that position. So my 105 will be Mr. Brock Bowers. And I don't think that's crazy. I mean, I honestly, there's a lot of people that that would probably have him even ahead of neighbors and, and, and you know, not a, probably ab above the other guys, but they're at the 104. Uh, the Obviously, the surgery isn't great. He's having uh, surgery like as we speak. And, you know, I, I would assume that he'll be fine by the time the combine rolls around and everything. But we also kind of assume the same thing about like Kendra Miller last year. And uh, there's somebody else I can't think of right now that, that ended up, uh, you know, lingering a little bit longer than we would have liked. But uh, the other thing is that Brock Bowers isn't really like a great uh, uh tight end size you know he's not like that prototypical tight end size so i think there's enough question marks especially when you throw in the injury to where i really struggle taking him at 105 like i feel like i need another tear break before i go okay i'm taking the tight end the undersized tight end who's coming off of uh surgery but knowing who he is and like what he's done in college i completely understand taking him there mm -hmm. yeah i don't mind the pick at all i mean for me, so I'll just move right on to 106. Um, and it was between the guy I'm going to take, who is Emeka Igbuka or Brock Bowers. So, you know, whoever you took at 105 kind of determined who I was going to go with here. And I think Igbuka is the clear choice. You know, I think after that, you know, you're, you get into the running backs. And I think this is the last guy that you can 
maybe confidently say is going to be an NFL player. Um, not to, you know, say that, like I said earlier, not to say that these running backs just have no chance. I just think that there's a lot of question marks with, with a lot of these guys. Whereas like Buka, he's done enough behind uh, a generational guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., as John alluded to, to where, you know, you can feel comfortable taking him at 106. And, you know, it's Ohio State. They, they just pump out these NFL-level wide receivers like it's nothing. So I think Buka is the next guy in line there. Uh, Brian Hartline, the coach over there, does a great job of developing those guys. Uh, he's had a great season so far. Uh, it hasn't been stellar. It's definitely not Bolitnikov worthy or anything, but it's efficient and he gets the job done. Taking Ekbuka 106. Part of me really wants him to get his own head coaching position. So Ohio State stops poaching all of the top wide receivers. I want to go to Tennessee. Not that they're all going to go to Tennessee, but we seem to be losing out on a lot of the the players that we really want. Uh, but then that scares me that he would just do the exact same thing at whatever university he goes to, and then it might be even worse. But great pick there. Uh, moving on, 107, halfway through the first round. Yes, sir. And actually, I, I love that pick. I can't. I would be so ecstatic to get a McKig Buka at 106. Like that would be a, that would be the dream. Is I I got some uh, Garrett Wilson at 107. Uh, what two years ago, and it was just like, how is this happening? But that's kind of how <laughs> I feel about that one as well. Um, all right, so moving on here, I feel like I have to take a running back here. Um, I don't necessarily want to, uh, but it, I. I've been a huge Trevion Henderson fan uh, this entire time, like from his freshman season. Obviously, last year wasn't great, and this year he's looking back. Like, he's looking more like who you know who he was as, as a freshman. Unfortunately, he's still running into some health issues and stuff like that, so that's not great. But I think at 107, I can say, you know what, if he can just put it together, stay healthy, like that kind of thing, like he's that kind of like league winner that, you know, that it could be the difference. If you actually earned 107 and you take Trevion Henderson and he looks like Trevion Henderson, that could be enough to put you over the top and go ahead and win your championship. So I'm going to take him here at 107. I think that's an excellent spot to be taking them, especially if throughout the rest of this process, he emerges as the more confidently as at least the top two, if not the top running back in the class, getting that player at the back half of the first round. That's that's awesome value. Now, take a quick pause before I make my pick here at 108 with just three of us doing this and already two quarterbacks off the board. Are you all expecting more than two quarterbacks to go in the first round whenever we're getting to our rookie drafts? Are we talking first round of the rookie draft or first yes. round of the NFL draft? First round of the NFL draft, that's definitely going to happen. But first round of your rookie drafts, are you expecting more than two? Yeah, I, I would say just based on the value of the position, if a guy gets first round draft capital, he's going to be at worst, like have an ADP at the back end of the, uh, of the, of the first round. Um, probably one twelve ish range, but you know, maybe a two Oh one. You think about Will Levis who fell all the way to the, the second round of the NFL draft. And he was still getting like late first, early second ADP 
came come rookie draft time. So if a guy like, you know, one of these other guys gets drafted in the top 20, yeah, I think you're going to see that ADP for those players go into the first round. Yep. So Mike Valerie is saying, no, I'm definitely still on the, yes, I think multiple will go, but I think that we're only going to see two in the top half of your rookie drafts. And we'll see where the rest of them fall. Andy, or sorry, not Andy. John still hasn't taken a quarterback, so we'll see if he uses. I'm, did you say uh, top half? Month? Because I meant like in the first round. I don't think I, I know. So yeah, it definitely won't happen in the top half. Uh, right. But I, I think that we could see at least one more sneak into the first round, maybe two, depending on just team needs. There are a lot of really bad teams in the NFL that could use a quarterback right now. And there's a lot of really desperate front offices that will draft a rookie quarterback before they probably should. So that'll be interesting. And this is also just to delay so until I make my next pick. So <laughs> I feel a little bit better about it going in. And I, I feel a little gross doing this and, I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to go with Roma Dunze at 108. It feels a little early to me based off of John's facial reaction. Yeah, that's that's still early. I don't know how he's going to test uh, going into the combine, but I do feel fairly confident that he should have a relatively high floor. I don't know what his ceiling will be but I do feel a little bit more comfortable about his floor compared to some of the other wide receivers in the class. And right now he's in the lead for a Blitnikoff. I, I like Blitnikoff winning wide receivers. So Roma Dunze will be my one Oh eight. Yeah, it's a little early for me. Uh, you know, I, I don't, we actually, Mike and I just, uh, just got done talking about, you know, how we just, it's really difficult to fall in love with these pack 12 wide receivers, man. You know, like I want to, but there's just no defense whatsoever. And so I, I see what he's done. I appreciate what he's done. I just can't put him in the same level as some of these other players. And Mike uh, says that John's going to take Dorian Singer here. Yeah. Hey, you never know. It's not my pick yet. So. <laughs> Oh gosh! If if we did a five round, we might see Dorian Singer. <laughs> moving whoa, on, to Andy, whoa, that's a little geez. strong. Uh, moving on to Andy. One oh nine. Man, I just I I mean, at this point in the draft, I'm feeling like I I I really don't have a strong you know feeling about any of these guys. Um, so I'm just gonna take. Oh, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on the potential and the year one breakout in the Power Five conference, and take a flyer on Texas wide receiver Xavier Worthy. I know the drops are nice there. Pick. I know the drops are there. He's having a good season with Quinn Ewers. Um, you know, I I think that you can't ignore what he did as a freshman. He was injured last year, uh, and he's he's kind of come back to form this year. I know, you know, I feel like drops aren't something that you should really concern yourself with in fantasy football. He's a guy that can get open. He's a deep threat. I think he's going to be a weapon on some NFL team, and he'll he's definitely going to get he's going to test well uh, at the combine. So he's going to get the draft capital. I'll take Xavier Worthy here. That's that's our person I was debating at one hundred and eight. But I do like Roma Dunce's floor just a little bit better, hence why I was putting him above it. But Xavier Worthy definitely has a lot of really exciting potential, and it's a good pick at 109. 
I was really hoping he wasn't going to pick worthy because I feel like that's the that was just this easy pick, and now I have to actually work and and you know like do my job here. So I so I'm not as big of a fan anymore. But um, honestly, this one this is another tough pivot because I feel like there's a couple wide receivers that I could look at. There's a quarterback that I would really like to pick here, but I don't think y'all are ready for that just yet. So I think I'm gonna go ahead and take who a lot of people are calling the RB1 in all of Debbie right now. I'm not quite there, but I don't have to take him as the RB1. So I'm going to take Braylon Allen here, and I think that it's, uh, yes, Braylon Allen, baby. You know, I think that we've seen that he can catch. You know, he, he has that part of his game. It might not be... The, he's he's not a Jameer Gibbs or anything like that, but he is a big boy who can run. He has the 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 breakaway speed. He has the big time run rate that I love and all that kind of stuff. And I love getting him here at the uh, what pick is this? One ten. Ten. One ten. Yeah, one ten. So I, I love getting him here at the end of the second, and uh, I'd be very happy about that pick. I was expecting you to do a different running back. Uh, and I, thought, I saw your faces. I knew you. <laughs> yeah, I thought that Andy was uh, about to quit the show. Uh, but I'm also not going to ruin Andy's uh, love of fantasy and wanting to do the draft. But it is, it's really, really tough here at the back end, especially knowing that I'm not really considering a quarterback. And I would expect an, at least a third quarterback to be somewhere in here. Don't know which one. So I'm going to go with what feels like it might be a little bit of a reach. Uh, although now, as I say, I feel like this person is not draft eligible yet. And I am going insane. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm checking myself real quick to make sure that I'm not saying something dumb. Uh, man, You're not going to. You can't take Luther Burden, Lucas. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that. Oh, Is man. two catches for 20 you, yards I, this week? Are you taking a Tennessee guy? You no. can tell us. Uh, all right. I'm I'm moving on from who I thought I was going to do and do someone better. 111, Keon Coleman, wide receiver, Florida State. I'm I'm going wide receiver heavy here. Uh, but he is he's been so exciting. He has a really tantalizing size for a wide receiver in the NFL. Obviously, like everybody wants the next AJ Brown in terms of someone who's that physical. Uh, we thought we were getting it with Traylon Burks, hasn't quite panned out the way a lot of people thought it would. But Keon Coleman's the next chance to try to fit that archetype. And so that is who I'm going to go with here at 111. All right. I mean, I like Keon Coleman. I think, you know, people, a lot of people are mocking him into the first round this year, which I think is fair. Um, Michigan State could really use a player like that. It's one, you know, but uh, uh, he's done really well with Jordan Travis at quarterback. And last week with uh, at, against Syracuse with Johnny Wilson out, he really exploded. Not that he hasn't already, um, but he did really, you know, had a, had a great game. Uh, I think he's definitely going to be one of those back half of the first round wide receivers. Uh, he's, he's a deep threat. Um, so I, I love the pick. I think it's a good value at 111. He's a guy that probably will end up, you know, having a role in the NFL. Um, 
even though I predicted that there'd be three quarterbacks in the first round, I got to do a brand pick here because John, I don't know if you just did this for me, but um, you've already taken two running backs and you haven't taken the one that I thought you were going to take. So I'm going to take him. And that's Texas's Jonathan Brooks, who is, who is having a phenomenal season. Uh, I think we saw it last year, even though he was behind Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, he still had over three breakaway yards per attempt. He's doing it again now with volume. And I mean, there's, there's nothing, you know, if, if he had the opportunity last year, there's no saying that he wouldn't have been just as good. So he's catching passes. It's not at an alarming rate, but it's at an okay enough rate to where you don't feel scared about it. And he's just an elite runner. Like he, he's getting the yards, he's getting the touchdowns. uh, He's breaking tackles. I think it's a no brainer. You're getting maybe the best running back in the class at 112, And I think you can feel pretty good about it. So that's what I'm going to do. All right. Yeah, I love it. I tried to play the game and uh, and I was really hoping he was going to make it to my next pick and it did not work out. Imagine, I mean, I know obviously it's not the same team and everything, but just imagine if I had Trevion Henderson, Braylon Allen, and Jonathan Brooks. I wouldn't let it happen. Dang. Dang. (laughs) Clearly. Uh, so before we move on to the second round, just a quick first round recap. 101, Marvin Harrison Jr. 102, Caleb Williams. 103, Drake May. Uh, I think we recognize there's a tier break here before we go to Malik Neighbors, Brock Bowers, Amika Buka, and probably another tier break for Travion Harrison, Roma Dunze, Xavier Worthy, Braylon Allen, Keon Coleman, and finishing out the first round, Jonathan Brooks. Do you all agree with those tiers, or do you think there's another tier break somewhere in there where you really want to get ahead of, I don't know, the 106 or the 109, because that's where there's a big talent drop off? Uh, I don't know. Cause I feel like somebody's going to push up a, like a Michael Penix jr. Somebody, you know, somebody's going to push up players like that, that I don't necessarily agree with talent wise, but it happens every year. Um, you know, kind of like what Andy was saying, how somebody pushed up a Will Levis, especially early on in the process into like the late first round, it didn't happen as much, you know, like once the NFL draft happened and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I feel like that that's going to kind of happen. And so I'm still perfectly fine having any of those picks there and and honestly like i was saying how i don't necessarily love the draft but i kind of love that first round like if it goes if it goes like that um i'd be very happy being right really anywhere in in the top 12 i feel like you can you can still make a quality pick there so we, we talked about it a lot on the show last night how if you are trying to get the 101 you need to take drastic measures because the difference between caleb williams as soon as he enters the league and marvin harrison jr is going to be massive we're talking about caleb williams potentially being a three first round pick equivalent player as soon as he's drafted versus marvin harrison jr who even in the most extreme cases probably won't exceed two first round picks in terms of what it would cost to acquire him do you agree with that? I mean, I know that's not how you drafted it here, but in terms of how managers and leagues generally will be viewing them, where where do you all stand on that? Well, I think that you know the reason why I took 
MHJ over Caleb Williams is I think that Caleb Williams is being like poorly coached right now. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is just not a good quality coach. He can, he can score points and stuff, especially in the pac 12, but I don't think he's actually coaching up Caleb Williams and making him a better quarterback. And I think that obviously like we saw it against Notre Dame this week, you know, when it, when push came to shove and he actually had to play a real defense, he looked like shit. And I could easily see it being the same thing. Now, don't take that as I don't like Caleb Williams. I think he's bad or anything like that. That is not the case. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's going to be just fine. I don't know if it's going to be immediate is, is my point. And so I try to, I try to like look at players as, uh, you know, like, uh, risk equations. And, you know, do I think that they're going to hit immediately or do I think it's going to take some time with Caleb? I think it's going to take some time with MHJ. I think he could literally be week one. You know, he has 120 yards and in, in a touchdown or, or whatever. And so I do understand what you're saying where like, maybe the ceiling is higher for, or probably the ceiling is higher for Caleb Williams, but I think it'll take longer to get there. And that's why I'm willing to take MHJ there as the safer prospect in air quotes and possibly even getting to that higher value a little quicker as well. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, should we kind of treat it as a tear break because, you know, generally speaking quarterbacks garner a higher value in dynasty, but I also get what John's saying. I think that, you know, the, the ceiling and floor is so high with Marvin Harrison jr. That it's just like a can't miss pick. Whereas the ceiling is quite high with Caleb Williams, but with any quarterback in the NFL, the floor could be the bottom of the barrel. You know, you know, you really don't know what you're going to get. So, um, I mean, I, I guess I don't understand. You know, I, 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 I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I, I feel like um, even though their values may be different when it comes to like dynasty speak, um, I don't, I wouldn't, put it, put them on a different level at this point. So you're very comfortable. Say you get the one Oh one, you're very comfortable moving the one Oh one, getting something massive to go down to one Oh two and still get Marvin Harrison jr. If it meant like adding another first. Yeah. I think I would do that in a heartbeat. All right. That's, that's yep, awesome to know, uh, especially just because so much of the conversation in the last two weeks on the dynasty show is how do you build your team properly? And, Doing a soft rebuild is essentially the consensus that we talk about. Like you don't want to do a soft rebuild, either completely go into it, try to get, maximize your pick values that you're acquiring and reset or go through it and try to compete. You don't, you don't want to be playing for the one Oh seven. That's not a fun place to be in. Right. So moving on to the second round, 201. Get us started here, John. So I think there's the obvious pick that like most people would go for, and then there's the pick from my heart here. And I think I got to go with my heart. I believe that this player is going to be hyped more around draft time than he is now, and that's why I'm taking J.J. McCarthy as QB three in the class, I feel like he very well could be the, the QB three in the first round for a lot of people when it's all said and done. So I'm very happy to take him here at two Oh one. Like I said, I get that not everyone's there yet, but man, you want to talk about like arm talent, uh, 
accuracy, like all the things that I love in a quarterback, he has it. The big time throw rate. He's fairly safe with the ball, except for that one game against Baylor or whoever that bowling green, whatever it was. Um, it, it's just like he he literally is is moving his way towards being in that tier with Caleb and Drake May for me. And so like while he's not quite there just yet, the fact that I'm getting him here at 201, I'm pretty damn happy about it. All right, so, so now all of us have drafted a quarterback, so that's fun. Andy? I was just going to say, as a uh, resident here in Michigan, I can tell you that uh, sports radio around here, the questions surrounding him are, one, his his volume, which is relatively low compared to like the, the other quarterbacks in this class, and then two is the games where it matter, which is the TCU game in the playoffs last year. And um, I think that's really the biggest one where he threw the two pick sixes and kind of, you know, so I think he's going to have a chance to really solidify first round status in against Penn state where they go on the road. And then again, against Ohio state, which is the, you know, the, the big rivalry, it'll be the game of the week that, that week, uh, assuming both of those teams are, are still undefeated, which um, depending on what Penn state does, you know, um, that I, I believe that game against Ohio state is this weekend. So, um, I, I think that he does have a chance to prove it. I think if Michigan makes the playoffs this year and he does go out there and have a good game and get a win, then yeah, I mean, he does have that big time throw, throw, like you said, the obvious choice that a lot of people are going to be saying like, well, what do you, why didn't you draft Michael Penix? Um, I think with Penix, you know, he's having a great season, um, but there's the age concern. Uh, there's also the offense concern. He, he plays in a, uh, a very high passing volume offense for uh, a coach who has traditionally done really well uh, with those offenses. So w- whether or not it translates to the NFL, I think is going to be something that I'm a little concerned about with Penix, but uh, yeah, I don't hate it. JJ McCarthy. This is a super flex draft. So, you know, if you're going to take a shot, you might as well do it on a quarterback. And I will say if there is a quarterback who gets first round draft capital and they're still here at the start of the second round in your rookie drafts, that should be an auto pick for you. They are going to be worth a first come around the same time next season. Like that history has shown us that always, always, always happens for quarterbacks with first round. They don't lose value no matter what. It just it doesn't happen. And if there is a quarterback that's drafted in the second round that is projected to start another smash pick, just go ahead, get your free value, and move on. Right, so I'm sitting here at the 202, and it is it's not gross because there's still a lot of really good players here, but it, it's gross in the sense that it is really, really tough for me to make a pick here and feel great about it i have i still have some players that i think will be at my next pick and i feel a little bit better about the value and i'm going to take someone here that i don't think you all would be picking which does also make me feel a little worse about it but i'm going to go with a home run swing here continue my run on wide receivers and go after adnai mitchell wide receiver texas 
Six foot five, 200 pounds, is Ooh. blazing fast. Yes, I know it's a little early. This is more of a look in projecting how the NFL is going to value him rest of the season going into the combine. And there's going to be a team that is drafting him really high. And I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. And he had the most, uh, I'll say, uh, disturbed reaction to it. So, Andy, <laughs> give me a rebuttal. Uh, well, first of all, I really liked Adnai Mitchell after his freshman year at Georgia, uh, where he he had over 400 yards, uh, looked pretty good. Like he was going to be the next, you know, George Pickens or whoever you want, which whatever Georgia wide receiver you want to mention, uh, took a step back last year, but that's mainly because he wasn't available a lot of the season. And this year, you know, he's looked good. But he hasn't looked fantastic. Like he's got a yards per route run under two, which I really don't like to see. And he's had that his entire career. Um, you know, he, he is a big target. I I honestly don't think he's going to come out this year. Um, I think that's what I was going to say. I, I really don't think he's coming out. If if he stays another season and he kind of fills that Xavier worthy role to some extent now he's not going to be as fast as worthy obviously but he does uh play out wide and you know he's going to catch a lot of touchdowns assuming you know he does stay and he's kind of the wide receiver one over there but um yeah i i think there's other guys that especially you know there's at least one wide receiver in this class right now that i would feel confident taking over him right now uh, and then, you know, once we're in the second round here, I feel like there's a ton of running backs that I would so, probably try and take a chance on. I'm, I'm hoping you all do the job for me and filter out what running back I'm going to take at my next pick. Not to give it too much of a spoiler about where I'm going to go with my 205, but that, that was part of what played into my decision was there are a lot of really good they're not first round caliber, but there's really good running backs here. And the second round, I believe, of the rookie drafts are actually going to be filled with we might see eight running backs go here. Probably won't be that high, slight exaggeration. But hopefully you all can thin the herd for me a little bit. Uh, I am happy I was correct in saying that you all definitely weren't considering this player here. So at least I recognize that. Uh, <laughs> I, I will give you credit. Good, I've seen a but I recognize it. I've seen a, I've seen quite a few people, whether it's talking about the NFL draft or whether even you know talking about like fantasy purposes. A lot of people are on Adnai Mitchell about being like a first round uh, wide receiver in even in the NFL draft, and I just don't get it. I, I don't understand it. Like he's literally done nothing in his career. You know, th this season he has one game over a hundred yards, and then that's the only game that was uh, the only other game that was above uh, eighty. You know, so like everything else was below 80 yards uh, receiving. And, you know, his best season is his freshman year when he had 426 yards in 15 games. So I just I, I don't understand why he's getting first round hype. And then, you know, I just think this is a little too early because I don't think he's coming out, unfortunately. Um I guess if he does and, and the NFL falls in love with him and he ends up being a first-round NFL draft pick, then, of course, that's a completely different scenario. I just don't think it seems very realistic at this point. Fair enough. 203, Andy. I feel like I need to take 
a wide uh or excuse me a running back here um there's two that i am going between right now well there's like four honestly um but i'm gonna take a guy that we've hyped up on this show and this might upset john and it's gonna be oregon's bucky irving who has looked really good in my opinion I've called him the Jameer Gibbs of this class, uh, if you're looking for a Jameer Gibbs from the great value. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's got the the breakaway yards per attempt, which is the stat that I love. And then also uh, the receiving floor is there as well. Uh, I think he's looked pretty darn good. I know that there's a ton of running backs you could take a chance on in this in this round. So I don't know that he's like a smash pick here, but, you know, we're in the we're in the second right now. I feel like we're we're not necessarily in dart throw range yet, but um, we can start taking a little bit of a uh, you know some artistic chances a little bit here. So I'm going to go with Bucky Irving as a guy that I really like, and I think you know he could end up being an NFL contributor. Wow, I was not prepared for that one. I really didn't think that that was the route you were going, but I mean, I also can't fault you. You know, I love Bucky. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's explosive, he's fun, he's he's going to be a quality running back in the NFL. You know, he's probably not going to be a workhorse back, but you know, we've seen that it can work out. You know, I don't I I don't compare him to a uh Devin Achan, but you know, like if he can get some like a similar type of role and everything that he could be amazing in. So, I I do love the pick, uh but I was not prepared for that pick. <laughs> All right, so I guess it's on me here, and uh, like you said, it's getting kind of tough here where there's a lot of running backs that I feel like we could pivot uh, to. I think that we're at a tier break for wide receivers, and so I, I believe there's one wide receiver left in a tier, and I'm going to go ahead and take him here. And the funny thing is I've always kind of thought he was overrated, but I'm perfectly fine taking him here at what? Uh, 204 and that's troy franklin from the same university there in oregon i i think he has actually like he, he has taken a step forward this year and so while i've always kind of thought he was overrated i do think that he is looking better this year uh but i still feel like people always want to push him into the top tier and i just can't i'm not willing to do that but at 204 that's a different story and and so i, I honestly like I feel like, generally speaking, he's going to probably go a lot earlier than this. Uh, and so I think that, like, I don't want to call it a steal, but, you know, I'm just kind of dominating this draft, you know, by by all means. Uh, but, yeah, Troy Franklin here, he's got the size, he's got the speed. Um, and, you know, he is literally the guy in Oregon as far as the wide receivers. So, you know, you love to see that. Is that who you thought was the more obvious 201 pick that you alluded to? Yes, that was, uh, I honestly thought that Franklin was going to go. And when, and even Andy said, Oregon, he was talking about yeah. running backs, but he's, then he mentioned Oregon and I was like, Oh, he's, he's taking well, Franklin. <laughs> I was, I was, I mean, I got Franklin right there. I, I, I just felt like these running backs are going to be flying off right now. So I wanted to get one of the guys that I had near the top, even though, you know, I feel like Troy Franklin really is the best wide receiver left on the board here. So maybe I probably should have went that That's route. The thing. But... It really, I'm just, I was looking at it. And it really seems like a tear break, like a pretty big tear break for me. Cause I don't know about you guys, but I don't have anyone that like, I truly love after this, as far as the wide I got, receiver, I got one there's a guy lot of question I, marks. 
Ooh. I got one guy that I might like. We'll see. Okay. All right. So but I, like these running uh, I backs believe games, so we'll see. I believe it's up to Lucas to make a pick now. Yep. So I'm going to go with the running back that I thought was going at 203. But at 205, I'm going with Audric Estime, running back Notre Dame. Uh, I feel I feel pretty good about this. I thought the running backs were going to be filtered a little bit more before I got to this pick, and I was going to go with my backup pick here. But Audric Estime, 205. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about that. Currently leads, uh, or at one point in time was leading uh, college football in yards and touchdowns. But I think uh, another person who could potentially be drafted later on. Uh, Blake Corum is leading in touchdowns now, but 205, Audrey Gestimay, he's looked really good. He has the size we're looking for. He is very clearly the best running back on Notre Dame's roster, and I just wish that they would feed him even more. But that is who I'm going with, 205. Uh, I love that pick. That This is just one of those picks where, like, at 205, if I could get Estimay, I'm just so happy. <laughs> I love that one. Andy, two oh, I, I mean, you mentioned Blake Corum. I love Estime. There's two more guys that I really like in the running back room. And I feel like I'm taking this guy, and this might be the steal of the draft, honestly. And it is Kansas's Devin Neal, who, you know, almost 700 yards rushing this year already. He's got uh, a breakaway run rate of over 10%, uh, over three breakaway yards per attempt. He's got 17 catches on the year. He's done it since he's been a freshman um, in a power five conference. You know, I'll be at the pack 12 or excuse me, the big 12. But um, I just, I, I feel like, you know, Devin Neal's a guy who's just been consistently kind of slept on because he's been a three-star recruit. And I'm, I'm taking a shot on him in the middle of the second round because I think that a team in the NFL, you know, he might not have all the athletic traits that somebody wants, but at the end of the day, he's getting the job done. So I'm taking him here. Nice. Yeah. I, that, it's basically the same thing. You know, if I can get Devin Neal there, I'm, I'm just extremely happy. And honestly, those were my next two picks. So you guys really screwed me over here. Thanks a lot. All right. 207. Let's go back half second round. I, I feel like there's definitely tear breaks everywhere now, and I don't feel great about any of these guys. And that's why I'm saying I don't necessarily love this draft because there's just, I don't know. It's, uh, there's so many question marks. And this is a player that I feel like is probably, I mean, I wouldn't say probably, it's going to be considered a reach, but I feel like once again, by the time the, the draft comes around and everything, that he could be a little more highly regarded. Uh, I've been a big fan of him. I've had to, uh, I've had to like uh, capitulate or whatever the hell that you know he wasn't gonna be a, a drafted NFL QB, but I feel like I'm back in, and it's Jaden Daniels. I love Jaden Daniels. I believe that he can be an NFL quarterback. He is showing it this year. Now, yes, he is a fifth year QB. But that's what we're dealing with now. You know, you're going to have people saying, oh, what about Bo Nix? Oh, about, what about Michael Penix Jr.? All that. Like, we're looking at these fifth, sixth, seventh year QBs, you know, as far as in this range. But, like, towards the, the end or, you know, late middle of the of the second round, if Jaden Daniels continues doing what he's doing and ends up being, like, an early second round NFL pick, then I feel like that I would be willing to take him here 
you know, once again in the super flex league, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, like dude is, is so dynamic with the ball in his hands. Like maybe he's not the perfect pass or anything like that, but in the, in the middle of the second round, late second round, that's where I like to take you know shots on guys like that, that have that high ceiling, but maybe have some risk to their game as well. I did have to stop typing Riley Leonard because that's who I thought you were going to go with. Oh no, more of a like sleeper. But I know I know how much you love Riley Leonard, so that that's where I thought you were going. And someone, oh, that was Andy. Little, that's Andy. me. I'm the Andy right Leonard. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. But <laughs> I, I, I would have taken him gotten, already if he didn't get hurt. But <laughs> yeah. he has gotten some first round love though, and I still haven't seen that yet for Jane Daniels. Uh, we could end up seeing something similar, not not the exact same situation because Hunter and Hooker's coming off a torn ACL, but I think James right. Daniels can very much go to a team with a non-spectacular quarterback somewhere in the second or third round. And yeah, this this wouldn't be a bad spot for that. So And once he wins the Heisman, I mean it's just skyrocket from there. Mm. I don't think that's happening. That's a I little. Mean, I think that's a little bit. But. For for college fantasy, I think he's the QB one right now. So there is that. Yep, he's third he in is. passing yards, first in rushing yards, and top five in total touchdowns. So that's that's how you score fantasy points. Uh, nice place to be in. Uh, and he two, plays in what? In what conference? The oh, only the conference, SEC, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the the most difficult conference. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we're on the yeah. same page there. Don't. Don't give Lucas the satisfaction. We all know the Big Ten is the best. <laughs> oh, well, come on. All right. Well, all we'll, right, we'll go past this. Now. Yeah, we'll, we'll go past <laughs> this. So my 208 pick is somebody who I didn't think, or I don't think any of us thought going into the season would be available this late. In the second round, he was probably going to be a back half of the first round pick. And that's Raheem Rocket Sanders. Might be a little bit of a reach because he has not looked good in very limited action this year. I know he's banged up, but he does have fantastic size. If you're going just off of his sophomore tape, he looks really good. It's a little risky here at 208 because he could end up being uh, like Isaiah Spiller a couple of years ago from A&M, somebody who... A lot of scouts were high on, didn't get the draft capital, and really hasn't done anything since he's gotten the NFL. But I'm excited for Raheem Rocket Sanders. I really hope he gets healthy again. Uh, and I'm hoping by the end of the season, he can showcase a little bit of stuff to get scouts ex- excited again. So 208, Raheem Rocket Sanders running back Arkansas. Yeah, I just want to see him back on the field, man. Yep. Yeah, just give me one good game, and I'll be back on the Rocket Sanders train. Um, but right now, it, it's been rough. <laughs> and yeah. this, I mean, for me too. Like, I had him as my RB one preseason, so it's been a it's been a, a rough train for uh, for Rocket Sanders. But I, I do hope for the best for him for sure. All right, Andy, two oh nine. Oh man, uh, I feel like I got to stay on the running back course here take another value pick um and i'll take the last guy that i have in my top nine for running backs and that is marshawn lloyd from usc who's having a resurgent year now that he's at usc senior usc plus after coming from south carolina usc Um, junior yes and you know he's 
He's got the big time runs, which we love to see. Um, and I know that the offense kind of runs through Caleb Williams, obviously, but, and he kind of had a down game last week, but you know, he's, he's got over 500 yards. He's got, you know, the breakaway yards and the breakaway runs, which I would, I mentioned. And then also, um, the one thing that you do question is his receiving ability. He's only got six catches on the year. Um, but you know, he's a big body at 210 pounds and only five, nine. So I think he could kind of just be like a bowling ball guy in the NFL and, you know, kind of just be the between the tackle guy who uh, eats up yards. So we're, you know, we're at the back half of the second round now. I'm just sort of taking flyers and uh, I'll bet on the, the explosive run rate here. Yeah, I like it. I've always liked Lloyd, but he's never really truly put it together. Uh, he seems to be doing it this year. And so I, I kind of have him in a big tier right here. And it, I mean, it's kind of difficult for me to like truly differentiate until we get a little bit of draft capital and stuff like that for these running backs. So I definitely won't fault you there. I, I like, I like the pick. I don't necessarily love it just cause it's such a big tier, but I don't hate it by any means. <laughs> yeah. I didn't love it either. <laughs> But you know, you 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 take you take what you get at this point in the in the draft. So um, I'm not I'm not gonna worry too much about it towards the back half of the second here. That's the thing, man. I'm telling you, like it's it's kind of rough here. <laughs> it's uh, there's I mean, there's not too many great options. Uh, there's I know there's some names that people want us to say as far especially for like the wide receivers and everything. I just don't really feel comfortable saying some of those names until at the very least we see a couple more games or a few more games out of them. Um, but even then, you know, like I really need to see them at the senior bowl, them at the, you know, whatever, just like I need to get some actual like hype NFL hype from, for them and not just like, Oh, well, you know, uh, Bob likes them from my Debbie league. <laughs> so we do have three more picks here to finish out the second round, but at the end, we will talk about some of those players who are, our viewers would probably want us to be mentioning here or you might see mentioned on other shows they might have a little bit more national attention but we are we're going to pick players that we like players that we believe in and that's what we're doing here and how you should be approaching the very end of your second round as well so we'll finish off these last three picks john 210 so i'm gonna go ahead and take my boy blake Corum. It had to happen here. Uh, <laughs> I sniped Lucas. So you love to see that. Um, yes, he is a smaller running back, but I think he's proven that he is just good, very good. And I don't care. Like, I feel like the entire, oh, it's just Michigan's offensive line argument has been completely squashed this year because Donovan Edwards can't do shit. And yet Blake Corum looks like a freaking stud. And still, he looked like a stud last year. He looks like a stud this year. Um, I was even, you know, I, I said that I felt like it was going to be Donovan Edwards is going to be splitting 50-50, maybe even taking over for Corum, like all that kind of stuff going into the season. None of that shit happened. It's it's literally the Blake Corum show. Uh, he's just a solid, solid running back. He, 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 you know, it's one of those guys that like maybe isn't going to completely wow you in any way, shape or form, um, for like, you know, one particular aspect, but he's just damn good at everything that he does receiving, 
running, all that kind of good stuff. He's he's going to do it. And so I love getting him here uh, towards the end of the second. Yeah, that's exactly who I was going to pick at 211 and really make it seem like I was good at this. Maybe a little smart by just taking the obvious pick here. So I'm going to have to change my strategy a little bit and go with the running back who I think could definitely go up the boards a little bit more too. Uh, he has the size we're looking for. He has really solid production and he is at a school that's getting a lot of national attention right now and should, unless they really screw up, should have a shoe in for college football playoff. And that's Trey Benson running back Florida state. He's 6'1", 220 uh, plus. So that's what you're looking for. He's had solid production. He is a redshirt junior, and I know we love third-year players a little bit more, but he was producing in the third year. It looks like he's making a smart financial decision coming back to school, should make himself a little bit more money. And I I really like him here uh, at 211. So Trey Benson running back, Florida State. He was my next running back, so I agree. Yeah. What do you yes. think, Andy? Yeah. Um, I, I, I would, I would say Trey Benson's the next running back off the board here. There's really only like one or two guys that I would even consider in the second round anymore. Probably not. Like they're more like third or fourth round guys. Um, let me just preface my last pick by saying that if Michael Penix was drafted in the first round, I would be foolish to not take him at the two twelve if he was still there. Um, I don't know that this, that's going to happen. I have my questions about Michael Penix. So I'm working off the assumption that Michael Penix does not get drafted in the first round. And I'm going to take a G5 wide receiver here because we always see G5 guys get hyped up at the senior bowl and, you know, they perform well. And this guy's been doing it for a long time. And it's Tory Horton from Colorado State. Uh, I think he's a guy that's going to get a lot of NFL love. Uh, he's going to get that day two draft capital. He produces like crazy. Uh, like I said, he's been doing it since he was, I believe he started his career at Nevada with guys like Romeo Dubs ahead of him. So, you know, those he's played with guys who are in the NFL right now. Um, I think, you know, he's going to get an opportunity and it might be a huge value here at the two twelve. Um, but yes, I do. I do want to preface it that if there was a quarterback, be it Penix or Quinn Ewers or Bo Nix that end up being first round quarterback, I would definitely take them at this spot if they were still there. But like Lucas said, we're, we're just taking the players that we like and that we think that will have the best NFL career. So that's why I'm going to go with uh, Tory Horton here. Absolutely love that pick. I thought that I was going to seem smart and mention him as soon as the draft was over and be like, that's somebody who you should definitely be looking out for to potentially move up into a different wide receiver tier. Just cause dang, ever since the Colorado game, he has been putting on a show slightly concerned with the fact that his yards per attempt is going down or yards per reception. I'm sorry. Uh, it's going down, but it's just cause that's the only player in Colorado State that's doing anything so they're feeding him the ball and it's a ridiculous volume and he's he's making the most with it absolutely love that pick though yeah I actually uh, Horton is my next wide receiver uh, on the list and I probably should have taken him uh, I just I I don't know what to do with these wide receivers in this tier man they, like he is 
he's the beginning of another tier for me. And I, like I said, I don't know what to do until we actually get like a little bit of uh, clarity on some of these guys. But right now it's just kind of like a giant tier of a bunch of guys that could be NFL viable, you know, like probably day three guys, uh, you know, if we, if we had to guess, but possibly a day two guys, I don't know. Yeah. So moving on, trying to wrap up the show a little bit here. Uh, players that missed the cut. Uh, I'm going to start with someone who is flying up NFL draft rankings just because he had done nothing up until this year. Uh, I believe he is either a fourth or a fifth year senior. Got just verify that. Uh, but uh, Xavier Leggett, I think somebody, another really big guy, runs really fast, and he is dominated man coverage so far this season uh he's somebody who's going to get a lot of love uh, one nfl team's going to fall in love with him and he'll probably go somewhere in the mid to early second just because massive guy runs really fast so definitely want that who are some other players for you all i can just go through all my positions so yep. the guys that didn't get drafted qb obviously michael Penix. And I, I kind of just mentioned them with uh, Quinn Ewers and Bo Nix. I don't know what to do with Quinn Ewers. Um, you know, he could have a stellar game and get himself right back on the map. But for me right now, the big time throw rate's not there. He had the really tough game against Oklahoma. Um, Bo Nix has looked good, but I think it's more of a product of that Oregon offense. You know, he did not look good when he was with Auburn. Um as far as running backs, the two guys that I thought were maybe like third or fourth round guys are Ray Davis, who is at Kentucky, as uh, Lucas would call them. Uh, Thank you. Former I Van Vanderbilt that. guy. Uh, I think he's having a really solid year. He did really well when he was with Vanderbilt as well. And then my other running back would be Taj Brooks at Texas Tech, who's had a really good couple few weeks in the last uh, couple games here. Um, and then for wide receivers, the one guy that I feel like could be in the in their talks for a second round draft pick in, in dynasty drafts is LSU's Brian Thomas, uh, who's had a, a decent season so far behind Malik neighbors. Um, I realize that offense is passing the ball a lot more than we expected, but you know, Brian Thomas is a beneficiary of that. And he's, he, you know, he didn't have a bad freshman and sophomore year. Uh, he's, he, you know, he's kind of turned it on right now with uh Boutte out of the picture. So I like Brian Thomas. And then the other guys that, you know, I may, may consider, for wide receivers would be Jamari Thrash for Louisville, who's, you know, looked really good. Uh, he is a fifth year guy, which obviously makes me say no, thank you, but uh, he's looked pretty good. And then Will Shepard, who's just really always been consistently good for uh, Vanderbilt. I think he has a chance to be like a fourth or fifth round guy who ends up carving out some sort of role in the NFL, you know, be it somebody gets injured or what. So, you know, those are guys that I'd probably be looking at in the third or fourth rounds. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I was right there with you with uh, Ray Davis, and I was honestly surprised that you said Taj Brooks because I feel like I was all about Taj uh, last offseason, not this past one, but the one before that, and then it just never worked out. And then I kind of forgot about him, and then all of a sudden now he's blowing up, and I kind of hate it. <laughs> but... Um, I think that we would be remiss if we didn't at least mention Will Shipley. Uh, you know, I, I think that he is 
not anyone that like I absolutely love, but he's right here in this mix. I guess there's question marks of if he would come out or not or, or you know, or whatever, but I think that he's coming out. Uh, and I think that he's right there in that same mix with Taj and, and Ray Davis and, and guys like that. So I think that Shipley should at least be mentioned. And then um, I'm with you. I, I have Shepard as a guy that uh, will Shepard that, that needs to be mentioned there for sure. Um, I think that uh, one player that we have not talked about very much, and it's because of all the circumstances and everything, is Devontae Walker. Um, you know, coming back and looking amazing in basically what week two of his season uh, is definitely promising. It's really tough because he didn't play for half of the year. He's a fifth year player. Um, it's hard to like truly fall in love with it, but. I mean, if he shows out for the rest of the season, it's going to be really difficult for the NFL to just be like, nah, dude, you're like, you're, you're, you're not coming here. So I think that he could definitely get on there. And then, um, Jeremiah Hunter, he just doesn't get any love whatsoever, but, and Cal is just a really bad offense, but he's really good on a really bad offense. And I'm not truly comparing the players or anything like that, but it reminds me of Zay flowers around this time last year where it was just like, here's this really good player on not a great offense, but he shows out in that not great offense. And that's kind of how I feel about Jeremiah Hunter as well. Once again, not truly comparing the players or anything like that, but you know, we're talking about like the third round, third round rookie picks here. And I definitely could see myself drafting some Jeremiah Hunter there in the third. Um, just because it's super flex and I'm going to talk about my guys. I do feel like we need to at least mention once again, we're in the third round here. We we need to at least mention uh, TBD, Tyler Van Dyke, and Jackson Dart should be at least uh, brought up here because Tyler Van Dyke is showing out this year after looking absolutely terrible last season. But he's right back to where he was in what his sophomore year, freshman year, whatever the hell it was. Um, and... And then Jackson Dart is actually looking like a legit QP, uh, which is, uh, you know, surprising to probably you guys. And so, you know, I, I just think that they at least need to be mentioned here that like they could be in that mix when it's all said and done. Uh, so some quick players that haven't been mentioned yet. Uh, Jatavion Sanders is probably going to be some he's, he's going to be the tight end, too. We haven't mentioned That's a good him one. at all. Uh, yep. I don't think he'll go in the first two rounds. He's definitely somebody you should be looking at in your third round or later because late tight ends are just easy value to pick up. They always gain value. If you're if you're tight end drafted outside of the top 24 at your position as a rookie, pretty much rule of thumb, you're always going to gain value. So that can be Jatavion Sanders. Another person that we haven't mentioned yet is Johnny Wilson Jr. I don't think that he... I don't think he's going to be a top two round player ever whenever we're discussing him, but another person who will probably have fairly decent draft capital. It's just, it's awesome seeing someone his size uh, out there running six, seven, two forty. always got to love that. And then I know he hasn't had a good season and I don't want to get laughed out of here as we're getting ready to close out the show, but Donovan, Edwards is at least somebody we need to bring up because another fairly popular second round rookie pick. If you're looking at really early 2024 drafts, everyone was expecting a little bit more, especially with how the season ended last year. He, he looked really good. We haven't seen that same player this year. 
and I've already seen rumors that he's about hit the transfer portal. I don't know if that's true, but is there a universe where Donovan Edwards becomes a second round pick again? Like what has to happen for him to get back into that? Blake Corum has to leave. <laughs> I, I, was, I, it's just kind of the same thing, the same argument. I forget what the player was, but like it, there was an, another player that you drafted earlier, and it was just like I just don't think he's coming out. You know, like how I, do you I miss Mitchell? Mitchell, yeah, yeah. How do you come out after this season? It just seems like, and like I, I was right there with you. I love Donovan Edwards. I felt like he was gonna be great this year, and he just isn't. So I'm not like saying you know, you're an idiot for liking this player by any means. I just don't think that you can, I don't think he can come out. Like, you know, he would have to just absolutely crush the combine, which maybe is possible, but I, I feel like he needs to just stay another year, you know, put it all together and then come out. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned the transfer for the transfer portal. I feel like he would be kind of foolish to do that because He's going to get the opportunity next year. There's really not anyone that you could say confidently is going to carve into his running back role once uh, Blake Corum's gone. So, you know, you're going to be at an elite program like Michigan. I don't think there's, there's a better opportunity out there, especially a running program like Michigan. So I think his best course of action is to come back next year. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, he just scored his first touchdown of the year last year or last week. And it came in basically garbage time. So it's it's not looking good for Donovan Edwards. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, the game planning has just been more quorum focused and they're also trying to pass the ball more. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you got the Roman Wilson, who's another guy that we could honestly mention um, as being a guy in this draft class. But uh, the offense has just kind of taken a different turn because I feel like they they realize what they were doing isn't working in the college football playoff. So that that's where I think Michigan's at right now. But if he stays another year, he's going to jump into that Quorum RB1 role, like we, what we saw him do last year when Quorum went down and he excelled. So I, I say, you know, give it another year. And, you know, we're talking about him in the first round potentially. All right. To close out the show, one last question for you all. Is there a group of five player that we haven't already talked about today that we should be paying attention to right now? Someone who can just spoil a lot of this stuff going forward. Uh, like, I have, we, we already I have, have Tori Holton, but anyone else? Um, man, I've got a couple of them actually, but uh, I might as well just take the guy who is leading the nation and running right now. And that's Troy's Kamani Vidal. Uh, he, he's got the breakaway run rate, which we love to see. Um, he's got uh, the, the receiving floor, which we love to see. Um, so, I mean, there's other guys, there's other running backs for one that uh, in the, in the group of five that could potentially come out. There's always a group of five running back that, you know, gets, does great in the combine and gets hyped up and ends up getting day two draft capital. I think there's a few guys that could do that. Uh, but right now, I guess I'll just bet on the guy who is actually leading the nation and running, and that's Kimani Vidal. Yeah, I've kind of learned my lesson on these G5 guys, dude. I mean, like, Torrey Horton is just absolutely blowing up, and so I'm fine having him pretty high. Beyond that, man, it, it really is tough. Um, there's a lot of guys, and the worst part is that 
you know, even the guys that kind of show out, if they're like a junior, there's probably a good chance that they're not coming out anyway, you know? And, and then if they're a senior, then obviously you already kind of like, if you feel like that they should already kind of be on radars and like that kind of thing, if they're already a senior. And so it's, it's really difficult to like truly fall in love with, with any of them. Like when it's all said and done, I, I really, honestly, like it's, it's, it's Horton for me. <laughs> I've, I've got one more and it's uh yeah. Tulane's quarterback, Michael Pratt. Uh, I think he could yeah. be a guy That's that decent. ends up, ends up getting, hyped up in like i don't know i think he's a senior right uh mm -hmm. let's see yeah yeah so this is his fourth year he's got 10 yards per attempt nine touchdowns one interception big time throw rate of 8.3 percent which we love uh you know he's won big games um against did they win against usc in the bowl game last year yeah. i want to say yes so <laughs> so you know he he can beat elite opponents and uh, I think he's a guy that might end up getting like, you know, this postseason senior bowl hype moving up the board. So he's a guy I would keep an eye on. Right. He's like, a good, I don't, I don't love Pratt, but I, it's a good name to mention. Like it, honestly, of all the, of all the G five guys that are like somewhat realistic, he, I, I should say he's probably the most realistic of all the G five guys that we could name. So we already have, we've talked about a couple of group five running backs. We have a quarterback, Michael Pratt. How do you all feel about someone like Malachi Corley from of Western Kentucky? I almost said Western Michigan, but Western Kentucky junior, he lit it up as a sophomore. I know that their scheme can slightly inflate numbers, but is he someone that we should be considering as potentially just on a season alone, making some noise and moving up the boards, or will he have to put on some really good performances in the combine or somewhere else to try to get recognition? Yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I don't think he's athletic enough. Um, I just, I think he's a product of the system and that's really it. I mean, honestly, like we're I, actually, we were just talking about this on the Debbie devotional because we, we, we brought up Horton and Corley and I guess uh, Dirty Mike, Mike Valerie, was saying how he he, he does kind of like Corley. You know, he kind of has them similar. I just don't. I, I don't think that they're similar prospects at all. I, I love, I, I won't say I love Horton, but I, I think that Horton definitely has a shot to make it in the NFL. I don't feel that way about Corley. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the Western Kentucky model uh, coming over from uh, whatever – FCS school they came from it was uh it wasn't incarnate word it was Houston Baptist I believe um it, you know this, these receivers aren't really translating to the NFL um I, if I'm taking another G5 wide receiver it would probably be Colin Lacey from South Alabama not because I think he's gonna blow up the NFL or anything but he's just a slot guy who can get yards after the catch who might end up being like a Cole Beasley or something in the NFL. So I would probably go that route then then try and take a swing on Malachi Corley. Yeah, I have Lacey like a couple spots ahead of Corley. So I mean I don't really love either one, but I would rather have Lacey. <laughs> right, fair enough. I mean, that's that's why we have these discussions. So uh, I think that that's that's about all that we can talk about. We probably over the course of the show named going into round five of how we would be drafting. So 
we we've covered pretty much all the players that you all need to know about a uh, quick little look into week seven games. Yes. Uh, Ohio state Penn state is the primary game on the docket. We also have third Saturday in October, Tennessee versus Alabama uh, vols by 50. Always. What else are you looking forward to here as we're going into, I think I said week seven, but week eight of college football. Well, you uh, mentioned, sorry, John, for cutting you off, but you mentioned the third Saturday in October, and that is like a repeat, or I don't know if it's a repeat, but it's a it's a run it back from probably the game of the year last year where Tennessee took the house down, put the goalposts in the river, you know, last second field goal, improbable comeback. I don't even know if I'd call it a comeback. It was a comeback, but, you know, they won. It was the upset of the year at the time. So that's definitely the game I want to see. I think there's it's going to be a really uh, intense environment down in Alabama. That's one of the good things about this rivalry, and I like rivalries that switch between home and away more so than like the Red River Showdown where it's always at the Cotton Bowl. I feel like it's much more intense, those games. So that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, aside from that, yeah, I, want to, I do want to see Penn State and Ohio State, and then I'm just looking at the schedule right now. I mean, you got Duke versus Florida State, but Duke doesn't have Riley Leonard, so I'm not sure that I'm too excited about that one. And then Utah-USC could be a good matchup as well, but I feel like, you know, the Pac-12 is kind of cannibalizing itself right now. So, you know, as far as, like, postseason implications, I'm not sure how important that game is going to be. Yeah, uh, Oregon-Washington State was about to be really fun, but Washington State had to mess up and get, throttled at home by arizona so that's a bummer but yeah i think i think you cover them john what about you honestly like there's not that many good games this this week or you know like games that like we truly care about or, or whatever um i'm kind of interested in seeing duke versus uh fsu and so like just seeing how real fsu is because they've kind of been like a tale of two different teams and uh and so I want to see which one shows up to Duke. Uh, I know uh, Riley Leonard's hurt, right? Like he's not playing, I don't think. They haven't officially ruled him out, but I'm pretty sure he won't play. So, I mean, maybe the game will just suck because of that. But then again, it's not like Riley Leonard's been playing all that great anyway. So, um, you know, maybe it'll actually be a good thing for him. But yeah, I guess that would be the only other thing. There's not that many other like great games. Obviously, I want to see Drake May uh, put five tutties up against uh, Virginia, and I think we could easily see that and see Devontae Walker continue his uh, his streak of multi touchdown games here. And by continue, I mean add to the streak from last week. <laughs> Fair so, enough. Turn one into two. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Correct. Actually, Create yeah, a streak. Make it a streak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say I'm really excited to see Drew Allard against Ohio State. I think this is his chance to solidify himself as the number one player in Devi going against a 2025. Uh, if he doesn't look good here, I think we'll just have a lot more concerns about this quarterback class that's in 2025 um but it it should be one we already do <laughs> we I already know, have concerns this, is, this uh, is our one chance to like actually have a quarterback that we have hope for he's been anointed as the savior of penn state since he got there so we'll see we'll see if james franklin can actually 
beat a uh, top five team more than once? He can't. <laughs> James Franklin. Needs to go. <laughs> there we go. All right. We have, you know, we were actually doing really well on our mock draft and to get right at about an hour in. And then we just have so many other players that we love to talk about because that's what we love to do each and every Wednesday or every other Wednesday. We, we just end up coming out on Wednesdays. But thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, Andy, are we getting a review slash a preview later on this week? Well, I was hoping to do it tonight. I might I might see if I can record something. So we'll see how much energy I have after the show here. But I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, John Wells, what do you have going on? Uh, I've been talking about football for roughly three hours at this point. So I'm going to go to bed. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I hope everybody enjoys their week eight football. And once again, falls by 50. And yeah, we're just going to have a fun time. Thank you for tuning in to our mock draft. Uh, once again, Fantasy Points is taking over the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast still coming out on Tuesday. We just have a, a new place that we're going to be streaming our live shows. So the Debbie show is unaffected. Always tune in here Wednesday nights, and we will bring you the very best in Debbie fantasy football. Until next time, hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, and as Tom Tipple would say, clear eyes, full heart, never lose on your best days. They're always spent tilting. Good night, everyone. Mm-hmm.